0: Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching.
1: Um, My name is Micah, if we have not met yet. I am one of the pastors at Awaken, and really glad that you're here. A couple of things that you should know. Uh, Also, just uh, don't forget, if you came in uh, late or if you uh, have not been a part of this before, uh, we try to do the first setting of the month prayer post it Sunday. So Ben talked about it a little bit. Please feel free, write those down, post them on the deal up here. And then the, the idea is that you would post one and then take one. So kind of a way for us to continue to keep each other in prayer as a community. It uh, can be anonymous. You can put your name. doesn't matter. Um, my kids and I actually, I, I, I dig it, um, often get something that uh, somebody puts up there. And it's a cool way for us as a family to remember that, Uh, We're not alone, and that you're not alone. So uh, please do that if you if you could. And also, if uh, if you came kind of ready to participate in uh, what God is doing at Awaken financially, those little gray or silver buckets there on the table would be for that. So uh, wanted to make sure that gets mentioned. Uh, Okay, we're in uh, a we were in a series called First John, and we've been studying the book of First John. Today we're going to take a break from that to. I guess address something else that's kind of uh, we're excited about as a leadership team. And so oftentimes uh, we will have conversations as a team and those will happen, uh, you know, at our, at our meetings and whatnot. And then there's a point at which we want to bring you into the conversation. And so today would be that day. Uh, so if you would turn to Numbers chapter 9, and uh, I know this, this may seem, you know, as I say, Numbers chapter 9, it piques your curiosity and you're just, wow, Numbers, like what a scintillating book right it's just full of so much drama and usually it's not most most people actually they say oh i'm gonna read the bible in a year and so they start and they go start going to genesis and they get through genesis exodus leviticus and then they get to numbers and it's like and everything just kind of stops and stalls out because it's this guy begat this guy and this guy begat this guy and begat of course you know as well you know So it's kind of interesting, but not really, right? Um, But we're in Numbers 9, and there's this fascinating passage that we're going to read and then talk about as a community. Um, So let's just go ahead and do that. Numbers 9, verse 15, and we're going to read through about verse 23. So I'm going to ask if you can uh, to stand with me as we read the scriptures, and then uh, I'll offer a brief word of prayer, and we'll jump into this. Numbers chapter 9 says this, on the day the tabernacle, the tent of testimony was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That's how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days, and at the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. (laughs) Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, of course, they set out. Uh, Verse 22, when the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, of course, they would, again, set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they, right, set out. You've got it. Well done, friends. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Pray with me if you would. God, I pray that this morning as we look at your scriptures that Uh, You would remain true to your promise that they would become uh, alive and active that they would uh, uh, That we would have eyes to see and ears to hear what you might be saying I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth God would be pleasing to you and uh, would be edifying to this group of people So we're grateful for your love and we rest in it this morning. We pray in your name. Amen. You can have a seat if you would so in case you didn't get the gist of this passage, I'll just explain it to you briefly because it's highly technical and deeply theological. The Israelites were a group of people called by God, of course, they, they, they prince of Egypt, they leave Egypt and they're wandering in the desert and there's this cloud, uh, this pillar that's a cloud by day and it's fire by night. And then, of course, when the cloud would move, the Israelites would move with it. So they had this, you know, kind of, um, actually, it, it's quite fascinating, this, this massive mobile unit, right? This, this, I mean, for hundreds of thousands of people, and somehow they were able to watch this cloud and this pillar of fire, and when it moved, they would literally pick up everything that they had, which was this massive setup, and, and, and at the center of it, this, this worship space, and they would pack it up and put it on animals in the backs of strong people, and they would walk and they would follow this pillar of of cloud and this fire. And when it stopped, of course, they would camp. So the idea is that they would leave, or they would they would they would pick up their stuff when it moved and set it down when it stopped. So here we have the Israelites in the midst of their journey from Egypt to Sinai, and then of course to the Promised Land. Uh, and and we have this cloud and this fire and this. This idea is called the Tent of Meeting, which was a place that Moses kind of set up where he would, the Israelites would worship. So the, the cloud and the fire, and then the Tent of the Meeting, and then the tabernacle comes later, and then eventually the temple. And what I want to focus on today is this fact that uh, the people of God, in the midst of their journey, in the midst of their wandering, in the midst of their desert experience, um, m- respond. Respond they respond to what God is doing. They see something that God's up to, and they respond. And, and we find them very early on in the process. This is shortly after they've left Egypt, and uh, it, maybe you could say it's kind of chapter two, right? They've just gone through um, the the Red Sea, uh, what, what uh, many people call uh, the baptism of Moses, or the birth canal of the Israelites, where they became this new people group. And so they've just been through that, and, and um, you could make a case that kind of, they're kind of closing chapter one and, and beginning chapter two. And so as we talk about Awaken and what does it mean to respond to God, uh, it's kind of fitting, I think, because if you, if you know the history of our, of our little band of brothers and sisters here, uh, we started Awaken in July of 2010, which was about two years ago this coming summer. Uh, we've been meeting here in the joke joint since Christmas Eve of 2010, which is like a year and a half ago. So uh, we're, we're finally through the first year. We can say we've been here before. We've done Easter before. We've done Christmas Eve before. We've had a summer. We've kind of had a full season of, of life together. And now we're moving into what, what I think is appropriately uh, chapter 2. And so the question I want to sort of settle in on this morning is this. What does it mean for God's people to respond to God's movement? What does it mean for God's people, this group of people, to respond to God in his movement? Because all throughout history... From the beginning of God's people, being the Israelites, and until now, being the church, God has been moving and guiding and leading and directing, and God's people have been responding and doing things appropriately to what they sense God doing and, and saying. The Israelites here in Numbers move when the cloud moved. They didn't move when it didn't move. And so I want to suggest, in part, I think you could, you could build a case that their ability to move and their ability to respond to God was partly due to the fact that they organized themselves a particular way when they were settled, right? When they were settled, when the cloud didn't move and they were camped, they organized themselves in such a way that they were able to respond when God moved. So when the pillar moved or the fire moved, it's not like they were running around going, oh my gosh, what do we do? What's next? What? They knew what to expect and they knew what to to look for and they knew what to do. And this isn't rocket science, right? I mean, if you're talking about organizations, you're talking about businesses, and I think you could throw churches in there as well that often there's a group of people who are kind of looking towards the future and trying to figure out how do we organize ourselves so that when, in our case, when God moves or when, in a business case, the market changes or, or something starts selling, that you can respond and in the infrastructure is in place for you to grow as a community. So that's kind of what we want to we um, talk about this morning. And now before we jump into that, as I was thinking about today and uh, this conversation, it, it, I was reminded of a... Uh, uh, a situation that I, I was a part of not too long ago. I was on staff at a church, and how many of you uh, have at least been, uh, church has been a part of your life like for a very long time, most of your childhood, like you've kind of been to church, right? And oftentimes with churches goes some, some assumptions that we might have. Uh, I was at the, on staff at this church, and there was something happening in our community life together, and it was some kind of a strategic, you know, conversation, and we were trying to do something, and it was it involved people and and some hard conversations and so on and so forth. So I remember vividly sitting in a staff meeting as a youth pastor, a number of folks sitting around the table, senior pastor and, and others, worship guy and some some people, and uh, we're having this conversation like, what are we going to do, and how do we explain this, and how do we this, and how do we that, and I mean, this, this conversation goes on for like an hour. And I don't... I'm a bit impatient at times. Not all the time, but sometimes. So I I I'm, I'm sort of fed up. I, after an hour I'm thinking to myself, okay. So I jump in and I say, "Friends, here's the thing. Uh, this may be a little overly simplistic, but um, what if we just uh, what if you just preached it on a Sunday morning? Like Sunday morning, you just were honest and you said, "Here's what's going on and here's how we're struggling as a as a leadership team and um, and here's what we want to offer as, as a way forward. What if, like, you just took a Sunday and you did that and you were just honest with people? And here's the exact words I heard back Well, you can't do that. <laughs> and I, I kind of had that response. I'm thinking to myself, Huh, interesting. I would think that at any place you could do that here at a church. Uh, and so as as we kind of prep for this morning, I wanna just I wanna just put out there that Awaken refuses to be the kind of community that is governed by things like that. Like you can't do that. Right? Do you guys remember you can't do that on television, old Nickelodeon show? Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> you can't do that. But we believe that we can, and we want to be a church that discusses things honestly and openly. And so that's what we're going to try and do this morning. And, and I want to frame this in light of the scriptures. I'm not, this isn't a situation like in search of a text, you know, to kind of support what we're doing. That's not really what's happening, because I want to frame what we're talking about in light of the scriptures, because here's the thing, this is not new for God's people. We've been doing this from the beginning since the Israelites came out of Egypt, responding to God and listening to God and, and being at a place where we can hopefully move in a way that God's asking us to move. So this is not new for us. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to talk about some plans that we have as a community, and uh, what I'd like to do is offer some Q&A at the end of this. I'm going to bring up some of the folks who have been involved in this conversation. We're going to just sit, and this will really seriously be kind of an open conversation. So if you have questions... Uh, write them down, maybe take one of those post-its, don't put those up on the deal, if you, that'd be confusing for folks, but write them down and then we're going to have some time to, to, to talk about them. So, a couple of things that I want to say this morning. Number one, since Christmas, Awaken has experienced pretty significant growth. Uh, last summer, we, we were averaging around 50 to 60 people on Sunday mornings, and since then, as you look around, obviously, this room is a little bit more full than uh, 50 or 60 folks. Uh FYI, so that you know, there's about 156 seats in this room that are halfway decent. That table right back there where where my friends Liz and Josh are. Not a very good seat, you can't really see much, so I didn't count that table. And those tables back there, I didn't count those ones. But other than that, there's about 156 seats in this room. Now, little known fact that according to people who study these kinds of things, about 80% of capacity, or 80% of your total number, is about capacity. So uh, sociologists and people who study you, when you walk in the door of this room, when this room is about 80% full, in your minds it's full. There's no more room for anybody, there's no more seats, I can't find a spot to sit. The parking lot's full, so on and so forth. I've done the math for you. 124 is 80% of 156. So in this room, we're getting to the point where we're pretty full. Uh, Next door, if you haven't been next door, the kids' space is over here and the nursery's over here. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had four out of the last 11 weeks, I I looked, 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 looked at some numbers, 14 or more kids in the kids' community, eight of the last 11 weeks. Now, if you've been in that room about 15, 16, 17 kids is like full. So oh, eight of the last 11 weeks, we've had over 14 youngsters in there, mine included, which is actually like two or three. <laughs> so one might argue that we had more than that. Uh, in the nursery, we've had six or more babies in there, eight of the last 11 weeks. So the bottom line is the garden space at Awaken is pretty full, okay? In this, in this room, uh, our ability to plant anything new is, is not really there. Now, question. And this is a valid question that I think we have to put on the table. Does the leadership of Awaken want this community to grow? Because that's, we got to be honest about that, and it's a fair question that has a number of different implications. There are all kinds of churches out there, and there are all kinds of different answers to this question. For some, Uh, There's a belief that, you know, community done really, really well, and the way we want to do it is if it gets more than 25, we really can't do the things the way we want to. Others say, hey, the more people, the merrier. We'll just build more venues and put more screens up, and we'll send, you know, more videos out there. So there's lots of different ways to answer the question. And I want to say, as Awaken, how do we answer the question? Where does this question fit into our strategic plan going forward? So let's say God continues to add people to Awaken and we grow. What do we do, right? Uh, how long do we stay at the joke joint if, if, if we're near full? What, what's, the next, what's the next move? So does the leadership at Awaken want to grow? And I'll answer this question on behalf of our leadership and say 100% unequivocally yes, we want to grow. And I want to define that in a couple different ways as we continue in this conversation. Number one, why? Why do we want to grow? Uh, in, the, in the next 15 months, if you're not uh, a part of the, this community or haven't been a part of this community, we are church plant. And so uh, a number of our, uh, a portion of our income that we do ministry with comes from a couple of different uh, sources, one being uh, Berean Baptist Church, with, which planted us, and then two sources being within the covenant denomination. So a portion of our income comes from the covenant, and in 15 months, that's gone. Right now, it's about 30%, and, and 70% is is comes from the people that call this place home. So in 15 months, if nothing changes, um, we're... We have a problem, right? Uh, Or at least um, we have to be creative, a lot more creative than we are right now. Um, As a a leadership team and as a pastor of this community, I want to say this. We believe that God has more for this community, that we're just getting started on some of the things that God is kind of bringing to us and inviting us to do, and we have tried as best that we can to respond and listen as a team uh, as pastors and as uh, people who kind of steward the spiritual vitality of this community. And we believe uh, across the board that God has more for us, that we're just getting started. And so at the end of 15 months, we don't want to scale back what, God, what we're doing here at Awaken. We actually want it to grow. We want it to expand. We want our, our influence in this community and your influence in this community to grow, to not be scaled back at the end of 15 months. So why do we want to grow? Because we, we, we believe God has more for us. Uh, how? How do we want to grow? And I'll break this up into a couple different ways, qualitatively and quantitatively. Qualitatively, as a leadership team, we want to see Awaken grow. Uh, we are evangelical at heart. This community is an evangelical community, and we believe something very, very specific about Jesus. We're going to talk a lot about that next week at Easter, and uh, that, that Jesus offers a new way of being human, a new way of life, salvation, redemption, all these kinds of things. and And we believe that that's what God is up to in the world, and so we want more people to experience that. We're not ashamed, and we, we will say that openly, that we want more people to experience the love of God and, and the hope that we found in Christ. Um, so quanti- or qualitatively, we want that to happen. Uh, quantitatively, as a, as a group, we want to see this community grow. Not because we have huge dreams of becoming the next megachurch. Not that megachurches are bad. Not that small churches are bad. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. As a community... We, we would love to see Awaken grow. And, and this is kind of the first time that I've really um, opened up my heart so, uh, on this, what I'm about to say. Um, and this is a, growing, a, grow, a seed that's growing in my heart. I'll say it that way. We believe that the city is the key to culture and, that in, and the city is the key to influencing people and ultimately our world. Uh, a couple of facts that I want you to know. 250 years ago, 5% of the world's population lived in cities. Now, today, 50% of the world's population live in cities. Uh, Young people disproportionately desire to live in the city. So if you do the numbers with with demographics, younger people disproportionately want to live in the city. So if you want to reach the next generation, if you want to reach emerging generations of people, the city is where you need to be, according to stats. Uh, 30% of the world's economy is in the city, and nearly 100% of innovation comes from the city. Art, culture, music, literature, uh, all comes and is developed in the city. Why do I say all of this? We want to be a part of a movement of planting faithful, Jesus-following communities in the city. Uh, If I could project, if I could dream and look 10 years down the road for Awaken, what I would love to see is this community identifying and developing young leaders and sending them out, planting new churches and new communities. Do we want to grow to 2,000 people? I don't think that's in anybody in leadership's uh, radar. Uh, I think we would rather see ad- young leaders being identified, trained, equipped, and sent out to plant new churches in the city. Why? Because the, ci- the city is the key to culture. The city is the key. If, if culture, if the city is the key to culture, then where do we need to be? Uh, I think right where we are. Uh, this is new for me, so uh, bear with me. But here's the, here's the idea. We want to recognize, train, equip, deploy new and emerging leaders in our church. Uh, and, and, and as we at- anticipate what God's doing and where he's going. Now, the what of this, and then I'm going to ask Ben and Stu and uh, I think Courtney to come on up. And we're just going to have a, a little Q&A about a plan, our, our plan for the future here. Um. And actually, you know what, Toph? Let's just skip to the plan, if we could. Whoever's doing slides up there, I, I want to share kind of what we're what we're up to, and then I want to bring up some of our leaders, and we'll have some Q and A. Um, over the next eight weeks, we'd like to propose a uh, sort of an eight week window of time where we're going to switch to from one gathering on Sunday morning to two gatherings from ten thirty to nine and eleven. Uh, so we'll have two gatherings: one at nine and one at eleven. Uh, and there's one key distinction or one key difference that will be uh, on the radar. And parents, you probably got an email from Courtney this week, kind of preempting this. But here's here, here's how it works. At nine o'clock, we want to have we want to continue doing kids' community. Uh, at eleven o'clock, we want to continue doing kids' community. We want to insert a new idea, uh, and this comes from uh, as we've talked. Uh, our hope and our goal as a staff and as a leadership team, as it relates to our kids, is that we want to be equipping and training encouraging our parents to be the primary investors in their kids' spiritual lives. Uh, I think sometimes in the past, in in the worst-case scenarios, the church has sort of taken the responsibility that is, I think, given to parents to steward their kids, to invest in their kids, to be the primary investors in their kids' spiritual lives. And so at Awaken, we want to be a church and a community that comes alongside of parents and says, how can we help you be the primary investors in your kids' spiritual lives? So at 10.15, in between our 9 and 11 gatherings, we're going to have uh, what we're calling family worship. Uh, so the difference between kids' community and family, family gathering will be kids' community at 9 and 11 is about adults investing in or, or modeling uh, Jesus to our kids. So adults at Awaken modeling Jesus to our kids. It's going to be lots of activities. Crafts, things that go along with the story that's told at the family worship gathering. But it'll be uh, much more uh, active and uh, art projects, crafts, songs, games, things like that. And the primary focus for 9 and 11 is adults in our community modeling what it looks like to follow Jesus to our kids. That's it. Uh, at at the, worship, the, the family gathering at ten fifteen, it's about parents investing in their kids spiritual lives, and so we're going to ask families to come, and uh, we'll do this over here. Uh, Courtney's going to be heading this up, and there'll be a story that's told, and a a way for parents and families to respond to that, and to really have a shared worship experience together. So that's the plan, and we want to do this for eight weeks between now and June 3rd, uh, recognizing that summer in Minnesota is a little unpredictable. Uh, We want to... uh, do this for a couple of different reasons, for us to gather information, to see what's possible in this space at the joke joint. Um, we have no plans of moving at this point. We like this space, and so we want to see how how can we best utilize this space on Sunday mornings. Um, so with that, I want to have Courtney and Ben and Stu, I think, to come on up. And these guys have been a part of uh, this conversation at uh, as a leadership team. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Appreciate it. So if we could, I'd love for you guys to, to engage and ask questions if there are things that I didn't make clear um, or about the future of our community and kind of what we're up to and where we're going. Um, this is a great time for you guys to jump in and uh, hopefully get a, a pretty good swath of, uh, of our leadership team. We had one, one uh, person who's on our pastoral advisory team, Joan, uh, who was going to be here but couldn't. So uh, here we go. What are the questions that you guys have as it relates to uh, some of the things you've heard and where we're, where we're going as a community for AWAKEN? Grab my are the 9 and 11 services going to be the same or are they going to be different in some way? Exactly the same. So teaching-wise, it'll be the same. Uh, worship and music and whatever we plan on in the morning will be totally the same at 9:11. So no difference between those two. Good question, though. Yeah, Brett.
2: Um, I guess first, it's really
1: exciting to see the girl um, have been here from the beginning. So you know, yeah, it's really you know amazing to see that. But I guess you know one of my questions has to do with kind of the vision of equipping uh, emerging leaders and sending them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David, do you want to take a crack at that? I think it is on, but.
3: How's that? How's
2: that? Good.
1: <laughs> There's a mute button on this thing, and you can't see it. But it's muted right now. Now it's not. Hey, wow. <laughs> oh. Wow.
3: Fantastic. Well that's loud. Turn me down. Okay. Um, emerging generations. Um, as someone who's done student ministry for over 10 years, I can tell you that the model of creating an alternate, basically service in the mid of, middle of the week where kids kind of come and they do their songs and they have their message isn't quite working right now with the generation of kids that we have. Um, what is working is one-on-one mentoring discipleship. I can tell you the reason I am sitting up here, and I think Micah as well, and probably these other two, is that we have had older people pouring into our lives. Me, I'm the oldest of eight boys, so it was awesome for me to have a big brother kick my butt um, every once in a while that, who wasn't really my big brother. Discipleship is the way that our young people are going to experience any sort of uh, growth in their faith. I can tell you that the best research being done on emerging generations is happening at Fuller Seminary, the Fuller Youth Institute. And the one piece of information that they're honing in on is um if they're looking for... Kids who are graduating, going to college, what's the one factor that they can look at to decide whether or not this kid's faith is going to stick, as they say? It's not how many Bible verses they know. It's not how many mission trips that they've been on. It's not even how long they've been uh, Christian. It's not even whether or not their parents are Christians. The number one factor to determine whether or not a, a student's faith is going to stick is how many positive relationships they have with adults in their community coaches, teachers, and of course, people at church. So as the church, the unique opportunity that we have is to provide one of those one-on-one adult relationships, specifically as it goes to Christian uh, mentoring and stuff. So that's what I'm going to be doing in the next few months is creating a space for that. That means that all of you folks out there are going to have to get in on this because we can't, you know, mentor everybody. You don't want to be mentored by, you know, (laughs) some of you probably want to be mentored by someone else. So, that's kind of the, the short answer to that. So,
1: And I would say, add to that, you know, as it relates to students, that's certainly a piece of it. But I think one of the things that we've cultivated at Awaken is a um, kind of grow within experience. So a lot of the leaders that, have, that are leading at Awaken, um, outside of the initial kind of team that we started with, have really come from within this community, um, which I think is a great testimony to the fact that we recognize that the Spirit of God gifts uniquely gifts the church to do and be the community that he wants us to do and be, which means that if you have gifts and passions and talents, that those, those should be invested at some level uh, in this community and, and what God's doing in, or, or what, what this community is participating in the kingdom. So if uh, to speak, you know, your, your question, Brad, was about what is that going to look like? I think it'll look very similar to the way leadership has looked at Awaken thus far. Um, who are those people who are kind of rising up and starting to use gifts of leadership? And how can we, as pastors and leaders, identify those and really bring those to life? Um, that's one of the thing. I guess, one of my learnings over the last few years is, as a pastor, what does it look like for me to be on the lookout for people who have leadership gifts and to say, I see something in you, uh, we see something in you, and what does it look like for you to, to live into that? So,
3: I, I would add to that, everyone has leadership gifts. It just need to be cultivated. It's not something you're born with. It's not like a genetic code that some have and some don't. I personally believe that every kid has gifts to use. And so the spaces that we're going to intentionally create are going to be service learning oriented. It's that simple. We're not going to throw a big youth party. You know, obviously there will be fun times and we're going to do some cool stuff, camping and whatnot, you know, cleaning my backyard, all that kind of cool stuff. Um, 200 foot
1: slip and slide. Exactly.
3: But the real, the, the, the meat of it is going to be done in relationship. And that means we have, and here's the deal, an intergenerational community is way harder than a community where everyone's the same age. And so only as far as we're brave enough to cross those age lines and enter into intentional relationship with people who come from different places and are at different places, that's the only way we're going to do it. So that means for me, it's high school kids and college kids and some of the younger staff. And for you guys, some of you parents, it's going to be, you know, maybe... 20-somethings, or whatever the case may be. It's the only way. It's going to be a risk. It's going to be an interesting challenge. But it's going to take some intentionality on your part as well. So, yeah. Good question.
1: Other questions? Be a really good I didn't think I was that clear. So <laughs> if I could do Someone it over the back, uh, let's do Katie over here and then Lane. Yeah, ladies first. I don't. I I wonder have we looked at what the
2: what the spread is across the city? Like we're coming way southwest mm-hmm.
4: to come here. Yeah. I just wondered. I sometimes have wondered. Have we looked at where is everybody? Because I wondered is there anybody in the community that lives like
1: mm-hmm. close to me? Yeah. uh to answer the first question have we looked at where people are coming from yes um is your second question (laughs) very nice thank you technology uh but was there a second piece to that well i guess i don't know i want to make connections sure yeah yeah that's definitely something as we've looked at life groups and how we do life groups uh gang, I hope that, I, I think that you know this, but we're a year and a half old. There's a lot of things that we're trying for the first time as a community, uh, and we're gonna be constantly evolving and adapting uh, new and better strategies and strategies. Uh, so we, we wanted to get life groups up. We, we have them up and running, but there's constant dialogue about can, how can we do those better? One of them has been, what if we connected people uh, who were near each other with each other uh, geographically? So. Definitely a piece that has been talked about, yeah. Lane. Uh, what happens if one person goes to the 9 AM and one person goes to the 11 a.m. and then, you know, are we gonna see each other? Good question. Um, here's the thing. If a community is defined by Sunday morning, if it's primary identity is Sunday mornings, then this move is a real problem, right? Or it's certainly going to hurt, because our primary identity is us together in this one space. Uh, and I want to offer a, maybe an alternative understanding of who we are as a community, that our primary identity is not Sunday mornings. This is a valued part of what we do, um, but this is not our primary identity. Our primary identity is a community of people who are on mission in the world, participating in what God's up to. We've kind of set it up in three, three uh, environments, if you will, Sunday mornings, life groups, and, and serving of, in some way. But this kind of a move only highlights the importance of being in a life group. If you're not connected beyond Sunday morning, this is going to feel like death in some ways because maybe the people you were kind of connected to go to 11 and you go to 9 or whatever. Uh, highlights the importance of being involved in community outside of Sunday morning, but it also highlights the importance of an, e- of an event like this afternoon, right? the garden day. We're going to be doing lots of. Di- only, I'm not doing this because I'm on the garden team. Uh, we're going to be doing lots of community events, and for us to come together uh, and do those together, they're going to be uh, even more important and valuable if, you know, we have two gatherings going on. So, um, does that answer your question? Okay. Oh yeah, Kelsey.
4: Still on. Still, Still on. on. Awesome question. Um, I don't know if I got your email yet. that's, oh. I don't that's right. That's right. You don't. So <laughs> this is perfect. Just
1: candor all um, across the board.
4: At 10:15, from 10:15 to 10:45, families with any age children that are living in the home are welcome to come over to the kids' space. And over there, we will um, sing together more child-accessible songs. You know, we've we've done Everybody Sundays where. We've brought them in here and done some child-accessible worship. Over there, it'll be every week um, a song. And we're going to create space to pray together as families. And we're going to create space to listen to the Word of God together, again, in a child-accessible way that always ends up being adult-accessible also. And then create space to process that together as families. And our hope is that... um, that is going to be a shared experience that families will have throughout the week that they can go to together instead of um, necessarily splitting up because we do a lot of splitting up in our in our culture here. This will be a time when we can come together as a family just a half hour, um, be together, talk about God together, worship God together, and then hopefully stimulate more conversations about that during the week. That's, that's going to be, I guess, what you'd call a formal time together because we're structuring it and planning it, but obviously the most... Um, impacting things to our kids are how we live our life each week but you need both you need both the formal and the informal so we're hoping that that time can be an encouragement to parents in their walk and, and just to just to do it together you know on a weekly on yeah. a weekly basis okay, so second question. yeah will that message at 10-15 be the same as
1: the 9 and
4: 11? no no it'll be completely
1: uh, what happens in here at 9 and 11
2: Right. No, yeah. different.
1: It'll be different. The nine and eleven kids' community activities will be loosely based off of the family worship story. Yeah. if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Courtney, you, you've you've shared a couple of times with me. Um, you know the question of, oh, hey, what did you learn in Sunday school today? Uh, often, what we would ask our kids uh, as parents, um, and the idea of uh, instead of that, um, offering the possibility of, hey, do you remember when we talked about Jesus healing that blind guy? As a parent Um, parents and and soon-to-be parents or uh, parents who have kids out of the house I guess I want you to hear clearly from us we will not assume the responsibility that God has given you to invest in your kids (laughs) but we want to come alongside of you and we want to encourage you and we want to equip you and we want to we want to do it together so that's really the heart of our kids community um, efforts and we felt like we were kind of getting there, but not quite. And so this this new experience kind of came out of that conversation. Um, but that's really important to us. You guys offer take home pieces and stuff to stimulate
2: conversation throughout the week, then, so that we have things to further said. I
1: would
4: love that. I need someone to help me with it. <laughs> 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 I yeah. have the resources out there. I've I've tried to limit. You know, we've we've been dividing up all the responsibilities and, and trying to have everybody's plate in a very healthy space. So that is one thing that I have chosen to wait on until someone would rise up. So we can talk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: be careful what you ask. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sorry. Going to two services, and piggybacking on what Courtney just said, going to
2: two services is going to be longer days for a lot of the people behind the scenes. Um, set up, break down, yeah.
1: <laughs> like teams, yeah. Um, and how are you guys doing in terms of like Micah, Ben, you
2: guys Courtney, you guys who are gonna be here doing both services. Sure. How are you guys doing in terms of handling that
1: and is that gonna become overwhelming? Uh I will say as a c as a core team, um I've said to each of these guys and gals, whatever you're responsible for, um you're in charge of recruiting and getting as many people as you need to make this transition work. Uh, we, want, we want people serving. We don't want people burning out, obviously. Um, so short answer to your question is yes, we do need some more people to get involved. And so if you aren't involved yet at Awaken and are looking for a place to get involved, um, the door is ajar, right? Uh, we'd love to, to, to get you involved in something. Um, so good and question.
4: Would you say the, hi- the highlight of those would be probably set up and tear down? We could use a few more folks in hospitality perhaps
0: mm-hmm.
4: and, um, and, nursery? and nursery. Nursery, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. We could use another sound man too, and we will train you.
1: Yeah, we will have that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cool. Any other questions you guys have? Yes, sorry. Potential teens, I think you know, I have kids that are six to fifteen. You know, it's a little bit of a spectrum. Have you thought about splitting that into different groups, like kids, teens?
4: Yeah, there was thought of that um, for this eight-week trial it's okay to call it that trial um we're gonna try it RNA to,
1: try researching, researching
4: R&D. It.
1: R&D R&D, R&D. <laughs> Royal and Ancient Golf Club we're gonna
4: try it together but we had brainstormed that we'd brainstorm like the youth the older kids going out in the hallway and mm-hmm. splitting up and um for the sake of flow and space like just trying it out this first time we were gonna just try it together mm-hmm. and um we might have to bring the level down to the majority of the kids, which you know, if we have a bulk, ages of s- three to eight, um, for the tweens and the teens, we might ask you guys to help us with those guys mm-hmm. and to help us with the songs and the leadership, or to help us with if we can get some projector stuff to work or some mm-hmm. some back behind the scenes roles of making it work. So, and just maybe even loosening. Their expectations of it's it's not necessarily geared towards one generation. It's geared towards families being together. So that means sacrificing. Mm-hmm. It might not be quite as hip or as cool as we you know someone might want it to be, but it's for the sake of the family. And sometimes you go to the lowest common denominator to to do silly songs with your three year old. You know what I mean? And so in, in that in that way, promoting sacrifice and togetherness. Yeah. So hopefully they'll. The value in that, and mm-hmm. then as we grow, I, I think there's definitely room for those conversations.
1: Yeah, yeah, Susan, maybe one more. Yeah, the, the plan is at this point we'll do eight weeks up to June 3rd, uh, and then starting that next week, we'll go back to one gathering in here. We'll take a break from with the family worship for the summer, kind of evaluate. Put all our ducks in a row. The, the plan is to do that again in the fall. Um and, and then kids community will happen as per normal, ten thirty starting June tenth. So the the hope is to get a, a lot of good information in these eight weeks, um so we can plan to do whatever we need to do in the fall um when things kinda kick back up. So uh over here, well, let's do one more and then we'll wrap things up. And if there are two more, two more. okay. Luke. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I was wondering why I was up here actually <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I appreciate the question uh, certainly at Awaken the hope is to uh, raise up leaders like Michael was talking about and that includes the creative world and the people in the arts and so my heart is to, is to have a thriving community where we are supporting people that are creatively gifted and creatively uh, uh, wired. wired thank you for that thing and then um, also for them to bless this community to in 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 the worship arts so a- as far as expanding what's really exciting as uh, we talk about quali- uh not qualitatively quantitatively is to increase that number of artists that we have at awaken and it's amazing um, the number that we are as a church and the amount of creative people that are in this room is pretty amazing uh, it it's it's uh, we, we have a pretty awesome representation of that and um so just i guess the the hope is to continue what we're doing and to do more of it and those people that are creative to to get their ideas i certainly we can't come up with it all you know but to to always keep something fresh to how do we engage with god how do we engage others with god um there's a there's a friend of ours that's new to the laken community that's a photographer and his one question was How do I tell somebody about God by taking a picture? How do I show who God is through snapping that photo? That's pretty cool. I think that's a a great question and a great quest for us at Awaken through the arts community. And we're going to – Jess Sherman, if I can put her on the spot, is is also part of our core team, and she's going to be joining um, the effort in in, – creating more community, and we're hoping to start groups eventually, something that I wasn't planning on saying, mm-hmm. but uh, j- just different gatherings for artists and something that we can just uh, funnel out of. Cool. Done. Let's do one more up here. Before we started talking about the kids' ministry, I felt like there was a question
1: about people are going to get lost in the
2: community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't feel that identified. We don't we don't know you know those kind of strategies that you're thinking about. Sure. Um, but I wanna help, but I don't know how to help cuz I don't know where you guys are at. I don't
3: know yeah. you know what, what the thought process is I'm more than one person at the same time. So
1: sure.
2: Yeah. And there's plenty of
1: us to do it and want to help. Yeah. Right now, but we don't know where you're at with what what the plan is, what the thoughts are. Yeah. Yeah, a lot there. Um I'll uh <laughs> for for brevity's sake, uh and not to not to discount your question, Dana, at all, but I'll say this. Um let's do coffee. <laughs> um and and I yeah. Did you say can I say something? Yeah, I'm floundering.
3: Yeah, I was going to kinda of help you out there. <laughs> Thank you. Dana, as a, the only single person up here, and as a, a person who's been single in the church now for a long time, uh, I feel like we're the forgotten kind of demographic where, you know, oh, let's love our high school kids and the families. Everything's about them. I promise we will not forget the single folks in the church. I promise you. We're going to have – our spaces are going to look different. We can do different things that families can't do. Um, we will have – opportunities obviously to be in leadership with you know one of the other age groups or another but I, I promise you that we you will not be a forgotten person and our development will happen together in relationship and it will be fantastic so I, I promise that's my promise to you let's hug now okay
0: yeah the hug is a good good point too I think that um change is going to be difficult for us all I think too and and it's 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 a it's a something that people some people are going to be yes and amen right away some people are this is going to be a difficult thing to navigate but we're all in this together and I think uh, change is necessary to grow uh, to some some point and so but I think we can we can just all rest in the fact that we are doing this together we're committed to a common vision and uh, we're not splitting the community we're just expanding the community and uh, that's a beautiful thing it's something that we can all be a part of so
1: yeah um maybe let me just close with this uh invitation and challenge and then um I think we are gonna sing one more song together let's let's sing something acapella alright okay <laughs> 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 that was the that was the sorry to the worship band for your practice of that song for the sake of time I'm gonna cut it and we're gonna sing something together that was that's what just happened there um let me say this, um, this is exciting and uh, it has the potential to be really life-giving and it also has the potential to be hard in some ways. And so we wanted to just name that. Uh, a lot of times when you name something, it takes away uh, some of the ambiguity and the unknownness or the, uh, you know, we're not gonna talk about that. So we wanted to just put it out there and say, listen, we're, we're a group of people that are serving but have m- major flaws and miss, miss all the time. Um, so we're asking for grace, certainly, but we're also asking you guys and inviting you to be a part of this conversation, to be to do this together as a community. Um, that's I feel like been a part of our vision uh, from the beginning, and hopefully, it will be uh, into the future. So, um
0: find us online at www.attleborocommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Awaken Community. Or on Twitter the Awaken Community.
3: See you next time.